Hey, I'm Ryan Zorzit, and you're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And these are my thoughts on looking cool. The Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronny. Hello, my friends. Welcome. Lovely to have you. Thanks for being here. This is our little podcast about improv comedy in a small corner of philosophy or theory about the art form, chosen each week by our guest. This week, our guest is Ryan Zorzit. He is a coach and performer at the Improv Conspiracy. He's also a writer and one of those effortlessly funny people who the second he steps on stage, you just know you're going to laugh. And he always delivers. He's the mailman, Carl Malone. That's a basketball reference. Thank you. He's talking about looking cool, which you might think is an odd topic of conversation for improv comedy because that was never part of the deal. But we all still try to make it part of the deal. We all want to look cool. (laughs) We all fail. Uh, He's got some cool things to say about it. I think you'll enjoy. Uh, I'll tell you what's not cool. I'm currently watching my puppy destroy his bed that we bought. Um, He knows he's got the chance now because I'm recording this. And so he's just going to town on it. And I'm just watching like a sucker. Uh, a couple of things I want to let you know at the top of this. Uh, in this episode, I mentioned Swing Set, which is a show I do with my buddy Mario. It's a, just a two-prov show that goes for an hour, and we do it at the Improv Conspiracy. That's not a plug. That's just I mentioned Swing Set offhand, and those two words uh, may not have made sense to you until now. Also, I have a bad habit of holding an egg shaker in my hand during recording a lot of the time, and in this episode, you can really hear it, so I need to stop doing that. I'm sorry. I won't do it again, even though it brings me comfort and joy. And lastly, it's come to my attention, I need to tell you what the word dumb means, as it exists in my lexicon and the lexicon of many of my friends. Uh, We mean great when we say it, especially talking about improv, talking about your scenes, talking about characters, talking about ideas. Uh, If if it's dumb, we're delighted. So if you've got a dumb idea, we're so thrilled. (laughs) Uh, So now you know it always means great. And with that in mind, here's my dumb friend, Ryan. There's so much to learn in improv, different techniques and types of formats and scenes. Uh, but one of the things that can't be taught is stepping on stage with confidence. For me, that's the most important thing about improv, but there's always one thing that gets in my way, myself. The thing that I've struggled with probably more than anything is caring too much about being a good improviser. I love comedy and I love improv. Uh, everyone listening to this would probably relate to that. So naturally, we all want to be good at it. That's why we started doing it in the first place. Sometimes I'll be on stage worried about what the audience thinks of me. Do they think I'm a funny and cool guy? Do they want to be friends with me? I'm scared all the time. I'm so worried about how I'm perceived on stage that what I'm doing is actually sabotaging myself before I even do anything. The annoying thing about improv is that you can love it so much, but it will not reciprocate those feelings. I can't think of anything else like comedy or acting where if you try really hard, people will think you're lame for caring. It's kind of unfair. Like if you wanted to be good at a sport, and then tried really hard at it, people will respect you for it. That doesn't apply here. But you're not lame for caring. Caring is good. We just need to find another way to channel that energy. For me, I find that it helps to use that emotion in the actual show. If I can convince myself that I don't care about what the audience thinks of me, and instead care about the characters, or even just the other improvisers I'm with, then I'm gonna have a good time. So the first thing you brought up 
was you thinking that the most important thing was confidence. And can you blow that point up? Well, I, there's, I think there's a difference between confidence or just like maybe the better word for it is like belief uh, that you have the ability to do improv uh, in any kind of setting. And I guess confidence is like uh, the word I associate with that and what helps me feel like I can actually step up on stage. But yeah, I, I would say it's more probably belief is more accurate. Right. Just like, like a belief in yourself. Yeah. Um, cause if you don't believe that you can do it, then you won't, you just won't do it. Like, cause you don't trust yourself. So yeah, I talk all the time about the inner critic, like the hardest, like improv is easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the annoying thing. In like the, like the, the math of improv is easy. Like how to make a scene go is easy. The hard part is like, is shutting yourself up. Right. And, and quieting that voice in your head that is like, are people enjoying this? Yeah. Or even like in a scene, if it's, if it's going well, uh, you can even derail yourself then and be, and halfway through a scene, just be like, this is going well. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely had those moments where like, I'll be in a show with uh, like a swing set show or something and we'll get like a big laugh because something just fell in the right spot. And if I take that second to be like, hell yeah. Nice, Bronny. I've, yeah, I've, I've ruined the next five minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of it. Yeah, it's, uh, immediately when your ego comes into play, it'll destroy any good work you've done before it. Yeah, ego, like ego is not a dirty word. Like we all have one. So when someone tells you to shut your ego up and get it out of here, they don't, they don't mean like you're bad for having one. They're just like, it's just in your way a lot of the time, right? It's unavoidable that we have an ego. And yeah, you talked about caring too much, which I, I love how you talked, how you said like, obviously caring is important. We want to care about it, but it's like antithetical to like making a scene work because if you're caring about you, then you're not putting your energy in the right spot. So I love that you mm. mentioned, you know, focusing your care towards the characters of the scene or your scene partner. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, well, that's kind of the only, uh, I guess, uh, solution, if that's what you want to call it, to this feeling of just wanting the audience to, I don't know, everyone wants the audience to laugh. Um, so, like, you, that feeling is kind of already, I guess, like, baked inside of you. You have that, like, emotion of, like, caring. So if you can find a way to, like, Focus it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, focus it in the actual scene. Focus it towards a character. Uh, focus it towards yourself, even. Or I, that can work. Like care for um, yourself. Yeah. Instead of care um, about. I mean, because you're saying don't, like, take your care away from what the audience thinks. Because, like, you've said, like, you know, do they think I'm a funny and cool guy? <laughs> do they? I think you've both of those things. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you can still, yeah, you can still show yourself some care in a scene, right? And like if you, yeah, because the other important thing is that you don't, if you if you catch yourself going in a scene like, oh bloody hell, Ryan, you're an idiot. Um, mm. Then the worst thing to do then is be like, oh bloody hell again, because now you're caring. Stop caring. Yeah. But more so, you could maybe talk nicer to yourself and be like, it's okay. Yeah. Or even like use that uh if you're upset at yourself uh -huh. i don't know 
why don't you just kind of be upset at yourself in the scene for sure uh, yeah so i guess just like using that energy of to care about something that's on stage rather than something you can't control uh, off the and stage. also i think you if we all got stuck in that in that period of improv where like um you know early on in improv you're learning like forming my own point of view finding a character for myself um and there's all this like we stack the deck of like how to how to give myself tools to succeed in a scene that it can be really easy to like think that it's about you and what you, what your character is bringing to the table but the minute that you can like focus that back out at the other person um yeah that's when you get to realize that like that's where the mm. real good feelings and good vibes and like addictive part of improv sort of lives you know? yeah talking about like the tools of improv are something that uh can kind of affect uh the way that you do improv if you if that's like another thing that you can be worried about is like am i doing this like am i technically meeting all the requirements yeah so that the audience will like me for sure so that's like another kind of i just have to that's another kind of belief and trust that you have them inside of you and most people already do have them inside my personal experience with exactly what you're talking about um both the technical things and caring is like really early on in my first like um my first long-term Harold team I was on a couple of like little Harold teams that lasted two seconds but I was on a team called Foggy Windows for a year and great team <laughs> thank you but I was having a really shit time because it was like my first um it was like my first 18 months of improv and I um I was absolutely caring way too much about both how I looked and whether I was getting laughs in a show. And also, um, was I doing the technical things that would please my coach? And my coach at the time was um, Adam Kangas, the artistic director of TIC. And like at the time, like I didn't know I'd end up where I am right now. So like, you know, my place, <laughs> my position in my status in the company was volatile. <laughs> Uh, you know, am I going to get booted out of this company next week? Cause yeah. I'm, cause I'm a crap improviser. That's all, all I cared about. Um, and I was terrible for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like every show I just felt like, man, I suck. And we used to do Harold night on a Wednesday and I'd be at home on a Wednesday night before the show. And I'd be like trying to think of like, what could I do tonight? That might be funny. Like <laughs> I was caring so much and I was having such a terrible time and training was terrible. Cause I just wanted to please Kangas and, um, and I would get noted so hard after every show for just like not doing the things that we talked about in training. Like I was trying so hard to get it technically right. And I was legit like, uh, a day away from just quitting improv completely. Um, oh. and I was, I was going to Harold night and I was like, this is probably my last Harold. Um, and <laughs> so I'm just going to fuck around and have a good time. Yeah. And so I did, I just had a stupid old time and I just listened and I had a, I just responded however I wanted. And after the, after the show, we get to notes and Kangas was like, there it is. That's it, man. That's what we want. And I was like, Oh, what? I, I that's cause I yeah. wasn't like trying. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about improv is like, is when you try, it hates you for it. Yeah. It's so true. So rude. So rude to us. Um, Keith Johnson has a 
um, thing in his TED talk where he talks about a book. I can't remember what the book is called, sadly, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, about like it's uh, anecdotes from you know a bunch of athletes that have broken world records and stuff, and it's almost always when they're not trying their hardest. Oh, okay. So maybe the thing that I said about sport wasn't correct. Well, I think what you... I also don't know anything about sport. So... <laughs> I think there's a there's a truth to like you know. Michael Jordan went to the gym every day and trained his butt off and no one went like, oh, geez, get a life, <laughs> <Loser. mate."> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whereas I think there is a little bit of like, oh, you've, what, you've done improv every night this week? Oh, Man, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, go out, have a life. Um, so I do think what you said has some truth to it. Um, but then like in a, you know, in a game situation, I think if you, uh, you know, Keith Johnson mentions it as like if you try too hard you're using too many muscles like when you should be in this flow state in this impulsive sort of joy state i guess that's a cool way to look at it as well like if you do uh uh want to try really hard at it um like do that in training yeah you don't have to judge yourself as hard um that's kind of where you can really try be, be a try hard and for me on that like like trying real hard in training in my like interpretation of that is like you should be trying weird shit in training as well. Like certainly I think the worst thing you can do in training is try to please your coach <laughs> because then your coach is just not like your coach doesn't have anything they can help you with. If Whereas if you try something new in training, cause it's a safe space to do so. And then you, uh, you joyfully and willingly take the note on it. Like then you're learning and you're trying trying stuff out, taking risks and you're getting inf- like getting good feedback. Also, I think that's a good way to like just make friends with your team as well by being vulnerable and trying stuff out together. I've always found that's like the most bonding other than like, uh, I think doing it like a bad show is uh, that kind of bonds people together as well. For sure. It definitely does. <laughs> uh, when I was uh, thinking about this topic, uh, I did, uh, it's interesting for you to tell that story about, your early improv experience because I didn't like when I was thinking about it, I didn't see you as someone that has ever had this issue. <laughs> yeah. You totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I, I feel like I've become pretty good at um, spotting it because I know it so well myself uh-huh. that I can see when someone is also struggling with it on yeah. stage. Yeah. Um, but for you, I've never, I've never seen that side, but maybe oh, thanks, man. Uh, just good at hiding it. Um, I, I tell you what I think it is. I'm really lucky that pretty much every show I do these days. Um, well, there's two things. I think I'm very good at trusting people now, even if like I can like go a showtime now, so I need to practice trust. And so like whatever they say, I just assume is brilliant. and, And if like, I don't have that, like, definitely something I had in the in the early days when I started to feel like I was understanding improv I would have that little voice that's like what's Ryan doing right now like what is how does this make sense whereas these days if something doesn't hit as making sense to me I consider that must be something I'm missing rather than something that they're missing so I think that's something like but again that's I think I'm good at that because I have the privilege of playing mostly with people I've played with a lot and like I'll play with Mario and I just blanketly assume he's a way better improviser than me right he's like yeah he's definitely got your back yeah and so like anything he does I'm just like it must be right Mario's doing it (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so I don't have time to judge anything. And also uh, the same, yeah, they have my back. So like I can throw anything out and people will go with it. Um, but yeah, de- 100%, like I've, I've definitely been crippled by, oh my God. Oh, and also if a show, if a show starts poorly and I become cognizant of that, like I could be a write-off for the whole show because then I'll just try too hard to get a laugh in the next scene or I'll be like, oh, this show needs some energy. And so I'll try something and then that just feels inauthentic. And so I just think you haven't seen enough of my shows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many. <laughs> Uh, but that's, again, that's the thing of, like, the ratio is just better than it used to be, I think. Yeah, like, right. Still, I have plenty of shows where I hate myself up there and I just wish, or, like, you know, I'm in a in a uh, a large ensemble show and I'm not stepping out because I did a bad scene at minute four and I don't want to touch the stage anymore because I'd rather leave. But that's all just inner critic. Like, that's the voice that, like... Uh, the voice that keeps you safe from or like stops you from going down a dark alley at night is the same voice that um, shows up in improv and tells you that what you just did was stupid. Um, it's just that like in the alley, we should listen to it. And in the improv scene, we should be like, hey, I'm safe. Get out of here. You, how about you go to the alley and I'll come get you later? Because, <laughs> yeah, you'll always talk meaner to yourself than like anyone in the audience is thinking. And I... I have this philosophy that like a scene only goes bad because someone in the scene decided it was bad already. Right. The audience isn't aware that a scene is bad until one of the improvisers is. Yeah. As an audience member, if I can sense that someone is not like committing or believe that what they're doing, I guess is real, then I'm also out of it. And I'm, yeah, I'm more focused on that person more than anything else is yeah what's going on with, with them yeah um you will look cool the less that you're trying to look cool <laughs> like the coolest people in improv are the ones who look stupid and yeah you know they're they're making ugly they're being ugly and yeah they're doing weird vulnerable things and taking big risks and yeah those are the people who are, everyone in the room is like that person's so cool awesome yeah now for a practical nugget Invest in the people that you do improv with. Not only will you make great friendships, but you'll also feel more comfortable on stage. Nice. Um, So I'm going to take that on board, uh, which is easy because I already feel like I'm friends with you. I hope that's true. That is wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. A wild assumption to make. Damn, I should stop trusting myself so much. (laughs) I knew it. All this misplaced trust in myself and my friendships. And then I've got us a word and we're going to do a scene. Our suggestion is sleep. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, no worries. Thanks for, um, thanks for coming around. Uh, I know it's a bit of a weird thing to ask for you to do, but. Yeah. 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 I I mean, it's weird since we, um, yeah, only started year eight um last week and yeah but i mean i love year eight. Oh, i oh i'm loving it as well 
uh, mm. I'm, I love so much that I've already got a friend. And it's really, really nice. No way. Who? No, I'm, I'm talking about you. Um, my God. What? Did you invite me over for a sleepover before you considered me a friend? Uh, I, yeah. Oh, well, well, I definitely I... consider you a friend. Is that a, okay. would you call what you're wearing a, a muumuu? This, yeah, this isn't, this is a muumuu. Like a, it's like uh, a, it's like a big nighty like thing. Yeah, yeah. I see. I, I, this is gonna, this is gonna sound weird. Oh. Uh, I didn't think that this was like a friendship sleepover. Oh, what did you think it was? Well, I thought this was going to be more of a, like a, a business kind of, uh, I want you to watch me sleep in my moo. What, and take notes or something? You want me to... What's the result? T- What's the result we're after? You can take notes. Okay. Okay, so I stay up all night? Yeah. Like, look, I'm willing to do anything for friendship. I, you know, I, I spent... Well, years... maybe we might be friends after this. Okay, just maybe. Like, I'll watch you sleep all night and with no guarantee of friendship after? Uh, I can't make any guarantees. No. Okay, because I spent all of year seven friendless, so this is really, really a big deal for me. I have me. so many friends. Okay. Um, but you didn't think to invite any of them to start? No, I, I invite them to friend sleepovers, not... Not business. What, so... Yeah. Okay, so business, a business normally makes like a, a product or, or a service or... Um, yeah. So what is... Do you, are you selling... What are you selling? What are we saying? Uh, what are, Am I a customer or a cl- or a partner or? Uh, I I don't think uh, it's any. No, it's just you. You just have to watch me. Okay, so it's not a business. No, it is a business. Who's making the money? Is that what a business does? I would have thought so. I'm in year eight, man. I don't know. I don't know anything about small business ownership or. Getting an ABN. Well, my dad's the small business commissioner, so I mean, if you really want to start a business, I can, I can get you some advice for him. If you want to be friends, and you can come around and meet my dad, and yeah, I'll meet your dad. That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty rad, actually. He is pretty cool. Um, so maybe we could lock that in as like maybe maybe we have a friend-based um, sleepover at my house. Uh, after this business, okay, sleep over at your house. Can we? Why do you want me to watch you sleep? Just clarify that. Yeah. Can you please? Yeah. Uh, I need you to to hear me out here. I'm listening. I'm all ears. Um. Okay. I need you to make sounds. <laughs> okay. Am I still hearing you out? Yeah, yeah. He, sorry, hear me, hear me out. Because just normally when someone says "hear me out," it, it it's it's precursor to like a long explanation. But uh, I'm in your right, so I actually I actually don't 
I don't know how to start like a business or anything like that. So I actually don't know what you you're talking about, but um, the sounds that you make, I want them to be like a soundtrack by Elton John. I want you to sing the soundtrack of Elton John, that movie. Rocket Man. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I loved it. So let me get this straight. You, um, your business idea um, for which I think I'm a, either a partner or a customer, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Is... I'm in year eight, so I'm actually not really clear. Okay, yeah, no, I'm in year eight as well. Um, but I think that doesn't mean, it's not an excuse for just like, um, not explaining your whimsies. Uh, yeah. Um, so you want me to watch you sleep in a moo and sing you the soundtrack yeah. to Rocket Man? Um, because that's the bit I'm I'm missing. Hey, can I tell you something? You can tell me anything. Uh, I'm all ears. I think I think you might be my best friend. Okay, that's that's all I needed. Well, I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown, Brainsley. All right, bud. See you, man. There you have it, my friends. That was Ryan Zorzit on Looking Cool. Um, and I don't know about you, but I loved hearing him talk about it because as someone who uh, struggled early on with trying to impress people. Uh, and that putting me in my head and judging myself, uh, it's always great to be reminded, especially by someone who you find so funny, that it's normal. Uh, and we all get better at controlling it, but it still pops up from time to time. I'm sure that need to impress people still pops up in you occasionally. It might be happening every week in class. It might be uh, when you enter a new class, you want to impress your new teacher or your new classmates or your friends or your coach or a new team you've just joined. Or maybe that family member who uh, you've told about improv for so long is finally at a show and your inner critic hasn't spoken to you in years, but now it's bloody shouting at you in your scenes because you want to impress Auntie Joan. Um, we all have it. Uh, so hearing Ryan talk about it is was so cool, in my opinion. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and also in classic Ryan fashion, I asked him if he wants to plug anything and his response was, um, nah, just uh, plug something of your own if you like. And thank you for the permission, Ryan, but I'm not going to do that. I'll just leave it right there. Uh, and I'll sign off with another one of Beth's um, sign-off options. This one is maybe her worst yet. <laughs> uh, it's see you next time. I premise you already. It's a play on the word premise. <laughs> you gotta, you got to love your improv to understand that one. All right, friends. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. For information about our online comedy writing classes on offer during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as heavily discounted vouchers for our future improv classes, head to improvconspiracy.com.